Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Welcome to the next episode of the Feeding and Leading Podcast. I am Andy Taylor, and I am joined again with our Executive Director, Dr. Todd Fisher. Hey, Todd. Hey, Andy. How's it going, man? I am good. Today we're going to talk again on a preaching topic. Had a lot of interest uh, that has uh, been expressed to me by pastors as as I'm meeting with pastors around the state um, who are just curious about what other pastors do when it comes to sermon preparation. Uh, more along, what do you? What's the schedule throughout your week, or uh, how far ahead are you studying? What do you do on Monday? When do you get your notes ready? And so, we're just going to kind of, kind of casually walk through some of that, knowing it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but maybe giving some people some ideas, generating some different thoughts to this, because we just want to be helpful to uh, the pastors yeah. who are out there, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, so let's just let's just dive right into this, Todd. When if if you're on a Monday, you're sitting on a Monday, mm-hmm. and you're the pastor at Hopewell Baptist Church. You remember? Mm-hmm. Can you remember back that? Barely. Far? That was like three lifetimes ago. Now. Yeah. And you're preparing for Sunday because Sunday's coming, whether you are ready for it or not. What what what's kind of the strategy that you had? day by day for preparation, and, and eventually we'll talk about how that's morphed over the years and how things have changed right. for you. So. Well, you know, if, if I went back to the beginning, for me, I was really – I was a bivocational pastor. Right. And I was, I, was, I was working a job. I was pastoring that church, and I was going to school with a full-time load of seminary. So when, when you're a bivocational pastor, I think – you really have to try to prepare that sermon in little bits and pieces as you can go, and you have to car- you have to carve that out uh, in your schedule. You know, just around the hours that you have free, and um, you know, I think with uh, being bivocational, there's <laughs> there's there's probably a lot that happens on Saturday. Yeah, you know, or right. or in the evening after the after the kids have gone to bed or whatever the a person's context is. So I think there's some major elements that you you put together in in preparing a sermon, and then the amount of time you have, whether you're a full time pastor or you're a, or you're a bivocational pastor, probably determines the length of which you can do each stage or the depth at which you can do each stage mm-hmm. of preparing a sermon. So um and you hop in here and, and tell me what I forget, but I, I think when you're gonna prepare a sermon, you're you're looking at for first of all, you already know what your text is. And if we have time in this episode, it may be another episode, but the the whole planning of your preaching, um I think personally, and I, and this you know guys are going to be different, but I, I think personally, preaching through a book of the Bible is, is a positive thing on a number of fronts. Uh, I think there's a lot of good uh, spiritual fruit that comes from preaching through a book of the Bible. What that does for the congregation, there's a lot of good things that happen there. 
But there's a practical side of preaching through the Bible that I think that not all pastors understand. But one of the one of the the toughest parts of of what we're talking about today on like the schedule, if you will, and preaching is uh, you got you know last I checked, there's a Sunday in every week of the year, mm-hmm. and that means Sunday's coming. And when the pastor has to struggle and wrestle with, okay, what am I going to preach Sunday? Yeah, man, that's that's tough. But if you already know what the text is and you've already lined that out in advance, man, that takes a huge load off because you don't you don't have to worry about well, what am I going to preach on this Sunday? Right. What's well, going to be my text this Sunday? <clears throat> but if if there's been some planning there, and we can talk about that later or or another episode, but. If there's been some planning there, that's very helpful. Okay, so making the assumption we know what the text is that you're going to preach that Sunday. Um, you know, I, I, what I would always do is, I, you know, I always try to, okay, here's my text. I'm going to read this text in a number of different translations, you know, um, and, and <laughs> that would be another episode, I guess, too, of what are the ranges of translations in the Bible, you know, a dynamic equivalent, literal, free, all that kind of thing. Um, if you're able to read in the original language, that's obviously a, a positive, too. But read that, te- read that, that passage several times in, in different translations, really get a feel for it. And then what I would try to do after I've read it several times and really think through it and, and, and I'm praying through this, which is a massive key element in sermon prep, uh, I would try to write out my CAT, which we've already done an episode on that. So what's the central idea of the text? And I would spend a little bit of time trying to craft that sentence. Once I have that sentence and I'm, 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 I'm looking at the text, I'm, I'm kind of making some notes on how would I organize this text, then come up with an outline. And write down my outline. Okay, this this passage, I'm going to do three points. And point one is verses one to three. Point two is verses four to five. Point three is verses six and eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so organize it all like that. Once I've got it organized, um, then I just really try to uh, do everything I can before I consult a commentary. So one of the things that I, I would always want to do is um, where else in the Bible do I read about the? What are my cross references? Where else in the Bible do I read about this particular passage or even about this topic? So if my CIT is going to be geared around you know being a servant or whatever it might be the uh, the deity of Christ, okay, where else in the Bible do I see that? So I try to do because I'm a very firm believer the greatest commentary on the Bible is the Bible, and so I try to do everything I can, and then I would hit the sources. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would try to – and I'm kind of getting a little obviously later than, later on down the line from, from when I was at Hopewell. Um, th- there's, there's an element of, of not just time but I think even your, your abilities as a preacher to preach and to prepare. And once you really get familiar how to use sources and resources, all that kind of thing – you you can go a little deeper. What I would try to do with commentaries is I would I would study in a range of commentaries from what we would call technical, and uh, unless you have uh, you know you you can do stuff with original languages, 
technical ones are pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And then I would use ones that, that I would call exegetical. Mm-hmm. And exegetical commentaries are really more that kind of running verse-by-verse verse commentary. It'll even have the verse in bold face here, and then, it'll t- and then the next verse. And then I would use what I would call expositional commentaries. And expositional commentaries are essentially – the guy's sermon who's an expositional preacher. Yeah. And in expositional commentaries, you, you find illustrations, you yeah. find applications. Right. But so I would get my notes together. I would make notes from all of those sources. But then I would come back and say, okay, now, how do I want to craft this? How's the Lord leading me to craft this? But then how do, how do I craft this for my church? You know, the the way the guy who wrote the commentary has applied it may not really work in my church. And so it's got to be yours. And that that goes back to the whole, you know, I think there's a lot of things that's wrong with plagiarizing your sermon. But one of the big ones there is you are the shepherd of your church and it's your responsibility to feed your flock. And how you apply a passage of Scripture is going to be unique for you as the pastor of that church. So those are some of the elements that I would, you know, that, that that's kind of a broadly, roughly the elements. Now, if you're if you're bivocational, you don't have like if I'm Hopewell, you know, that's going to be condensed. And and my encouragement to to bivocational pastors, to pastors that are really busy, and for a pastor when he has a week that's very short, okay, you've had a funeral. You've had a big finance committee meeting that Wednesday night. You've had a heavy amount of um, appointments, you know, where where and, and and all pastors relate to that. It's a cyclical thing. You, you you can go two months, three months, and not have a funeral, and then you can have three in two weeks. Right. You know, you can go a month and not have many appointments with people in your church, and then all of a sudden, boom, you got like six of them in a week. So you have to adjust that. And what I would suggest is, you know, don't 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 cheat on the front end of that, on reading it through in translations, really praying through it, really meditating through that passage, coming up with a solid CIT, coming up with a good outline. When it comes to commentary time, that's where, you know, that's where you you're gonna have to maybe cut some out. And if you do I always try to encourage bivocational pastors, pastors who are short on time, go to those expositional commentaries. And if you get a good expositional commentary, it's going to have a lot of the material that even the technical and, and, and the exegetical commentary will have. So, so yeah, g- g- give a couple of just give a couple examples of those expositional commentaries. Just so, because w- of what one, we're talking about. one of the one of the best to me, I, I love the Preach the Word series by Kent Hughes. Yes. And Kent hasn't written every one of those, but Kent is an expositional preacher. Right. And essentially what you're doing in Preach the Word commentary series is you're reading his sermons. Yeah. Okay. Another one that I, I wrote on my dissertation is James Boyce. Right. Um, right. B-O-I-C-E. Yeah. James Boyce's commentary, and I'm using air quotes here. Yeah. You know, it's it's just – it's his Straight printed sermon. sermons. Yeah. But Boyce is – 
is an expositional preacher, yeah. and and Boyce does a lot of that exegetical work and that work with the text. Yeah. Same um, thing with MacArthur's commentaries. That's yeah, all, that's all it is. Yeah, and and and, and it goes deep. And those are helpful. Yeah. But I always always still want to encourage guys. You know, I, lean on those kind of last. Yeah. Let let the Lord speak to your heart about, and you you do the digging yourself. And so, don't cheat on reading through the translations. Don't cheat on the cross references, on the praying through a text, the CIT, the outline, and 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 I don't know. Maybe you may have some weeks where you don't even, you don't even get to commentaries, and sometimes you, you may not even need, need them. to. Yeah, you know, I mean, just like hey, you got it right there, just well, from your own work with the text. This is the beauty of preaching through. Books of the Bible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Todd, I had, I had several conversations with bivocational pastors because I ask this question all the time. What does your sermon prep look like? And uh, it's interesting. There are some guys who will say, oh, yeah, I start 10 days ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I, one of my friends, one of our close friends, uh, does that. He, he starts 10 days ahead of time. I can't, I can't do that. Man, I I have, I have to give birth to the first mm-hmm. baby before we can start mm-hmm. on the next one. Right. You know. I right. mean, it's just I, I can't start until that next Monday. For me and a lot of guys I've talked to, um, that you know, Sunday's a draining day, mm-hmm. and you can be just mentally just worn out on Monday. Yeah. What I always tried to do is force myself on Monday afternoon. Sun Monday morning would be kind of slower. But Monday afternoon, I did exactly what you're talking about. I got my NASB open, my NIV, my ESV, mm-hmm. all these others, and I literally would read it out loud. Hmm. I'd close the yeah. door. Re- I wanted to hear yeah. the word, yeah. right? I would read it out loud, and that's when I, I would really try on Monday, sometimes by Monday evening or first thing Tuesday – and all always depends on the schedule. If you're bivocational, you know who knows uh, to get that CIT mm-hmm. and, and get that working. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, every every day is going to be different for guys. But I, I just want to encourage, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. About don't try not to wait too long in the week to get mm-hmm. started, and it's easy to do that. Yeah, and and wherever your context is, whether you're bivocational or full-time pastor or you're full-time pastor of a large church, it, it, it doesn't matter. I think as much as you can, try to schedule the week where you roughly, generally, you're, you're, you're doing this stage of the sermon prep on this day. Yeah, you know? shooting so, for this. Yeah. So for me as a full-time pastor, uh, I, I would – Mondays, I would try to drive a lot of administrative things I needed to do, answer emails, answer phone calls, uh, appointments with people. I'd try to do it on, on Mondays. Tuesday morning, we'd always have staff meeting, but Tuesday afternoon – Mm. And Wednesday afternoon, and as much of Thursday as I could, I blocked that off for sermon prep. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday, Wednesday morning, I would do appointments and things. Wednesday night, before and after church, um, I would do, I would do appointments and and meetings, things like that for for people that needed to meet with me after work. You know, Wednesday night was a big appointment night for me. Yep. 
Um, and, you know, a lot of pastors are leading a Bible study on Wednesday night, and that's where the Wednesday afternoon thing can kick in. Right, so you're you're preparing that, and if you're doing if you're leading something on Sunday night, you know that's where Thursday can come in, and that's another wrinkle in all of this is the pastors that are preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, yeah, and um, that that's that's tough. I, I think the Wednesday night thing that 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 needs to you know, you 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 put some preparation into that, but you know, Sunday morning, I think is is key. Yeah. And 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 again, you want to prepare anytime you're preaching, and you want to be biblical, and you want to follow through through what we've talked about. But depending on how many times you preach, depending on whatever your context is, yeah. Thinking through, okay, on you know, as much as I can. On this day, in this this time of the day, I'm working on Sunday morning. I'm working on whatever it might be, and then when you have the funeral and you have the the tough week, you know you've gone to a conference, you've whatever. Then that's where you just have to make those adjustments. And as we all pastors know, you sometimes you got to burn the midnight oil, you know, to that's get it right. done. And we just always have to be careful that we're not burning ourselves up, right? With that, I, I think it was so valuable what you said about. <clears throat> you know, as much as you can, each each guy knows himself, usually. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're new as a senior pastor, you need to figure yourself out. When's the best time for you to study? If you're bivocational, w- when are those moments where you can get alone and, and do that? But you need to kind of start thinking about how you're going to sequence that out. Mm-hmm. What do you need to do first? What do you need to do second? Generally, what when can I do those things? so that you don't try to do all of that on Friday night or Saturday or, you know, whatever, because you also need to spend some time with your family. That's right. Um, So generally, when can you do this? Sometimes you're going to do it piece by piece and and work that out. I love what a couple of guys said to me, a couple of bivocational pastors said to me about preaching through books of the Bible has helped them more than anything Mm -hmm. as a bivocational pastor because uh, once they have gotten into the book and they've got the context, they've got the setting, they know the general direction of of those passages, you don't have to figure that out again the next week. That's right. That's not – there's no mental energy that has to go to that again. You're going to already know what the context is. If you've preached through Hebrews 1, 2, and 3, like kind of like my friend Matt Collier, First Baptist Kiefer, uh, who said I could say his name, <laughs> is, has done, by the time you're into Hebrews chapter 4, yeah. you know where that's going, and that's less yeah. study that you have to do. If you were doing something in Hebrews this week, Nehemiah this week, yeah. you know. Well, and it, and it just makes the sermon richer. Yes, uh, you've done all that background study to it. You know, you you know. Okay, hey, I've uh, I'm I'm going to preach through Romans. I've done all of the background about the church at Rome and the history of that and what the context is, what's going on there, and then you, it just it does it makes it richer, makes it deeper, and then you just like you said, you just continue to capitalize on that. It continues to build. And you can get up there and say, you know, just like last Sunday, we talked about in this previous passage, because, I mean, you're preaching through a letter, if it's epistolary and it's yeah. Paul, I mean, you know, that, that's, a, that's a long train of thought he's, he's, he's got going. So 
I, I think it would be good for us to to do a podcast where we talk about, you know, how, how can I plan that yeah, preaching oh, through yeah, a book definitely. of the Bible would yeah. be really helpful. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I want to say, I want to encourage pastors with on this is there's, there's, there's kind of a two sides of the coin of this. One side is preaching deserves your very best. It deserves your blood, sweat, and it deserves your labor. It, you know, I, And that's a biblical thing, I think, for us to wrestle with the text, to dive into the text. We, we need to give the best we can each week to that. But the flip side of that is, is we always have to remember that the, the power of preaching, the effectiveness of this, that, that does not solely rest on you and on your preparation. I mean, this is a work of the Holy Spirit who is using the, the, the sermon, the preaching event um, to reach people. And so we got to give it the very best we can, but at the same time, we're depending on the Lord. There are, I think every pastor can relate to what I'm about to say right here. How many times, how many times on a Sunday morning did you get up and feel like, man, that was a home run? I, I hit, that was a good sermon. I did really well there. And, you know, it was like crickets out right. there, and nobody came in the invitation. You didn't hear much. But how many times have you gotten up there and felt like you laid an egg, and here come people in the invitation? Or they'll contact you that that week and pastor. Wow, what you said there was so meaningful. And uh, so we, it is a dependence upon the Lord. You know, when we are preaching, we got to give it our best. But at the same time, we're trusting in Him to use what we have invested in and in preparing for that sermon and preaching that sermon. You know, he's the one that reaches people. He's the one that changes hearts. And so we always have to remember that that balance. Absolutely. There. Yeah. So. Because um, we, all, we all know that before, before the Lord works through you, he's going to have to work in you. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, right. that's, that's another reason why I always think it's a good idea just to start if you, if you go week by week like I do, I don't know how you do it. Is that what you do? Yeah, you know, just real quick, um, I, I've got I've got pastor friends that are way down the road. Like like I, I, I there I have one pastor friend in our state, and he's he's got a manuscripted sermon in the can ready to go like six months from now. And but he can do it. He does it. Yeah. But for me, it was always a weekly thing because yeah. for me, part of the passion of preaching was sharing what I learned that week yes. about that passage. Yes. And again, I think every pastor can relate to this. Man, there's sometimes when I've been preparing a sermon and what I'm reading and what I'm learning about this text is so good. Yeah. I mean, I got to get up and like walk a few laps around my desk. Yeah. Be, and and I just want to preach that a little bit, or I just you know, or I'll go home and I'll tell Jamie, my wife, you know, wow, listen to this, babe, you know, man, just listen to this, and or, you get or it's slaughtering you, <laughs> that's right, or you want to go sit in the chair and weep for yeah. a little bit, but I mean, you know, you get fired up, yes, and and that's one of the beauties of the scripture. If you will take the time and the effort to dive deep into it, you're going to uncover 
some really dynamic things. Right. And I, so for me, it's a week to week thing. Yes. And, um, but some guys can do it much further in advance. Okay. So I know that we've come to the end of what we normally do here, but <clears throat> I just got to, I, I got to ask you, there's a whole nother podcast, but I want to, and we've said that like five yeah, times, I know it's <laughs> five times a day. Yes. We have a lot of ideas for podcasts. Yes. All right. Let's say that you're a week by week guy. Um, and, and so Monday you've opened the scriptures and you're reading through that and you've kind of gotten a, a general outline by Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe mm-hmm. you're kind of in commentaries a little mm-hmm. bit and you've sketched some notes, mm-hmm. got some ideas. Maybe you've adjusted your CIT a little bit from looking at those commentaries. Yes, yes. You know, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you've kind of started developing the introduction, the conclusion, putting some application and illustrations to it. Um, you are you use a little bit of notes. Yeah, I manuscript every yes, sermon. Yes, so do I. Mm-hmm. When in the week do you manuscript? So I that? manuscript it on Thursday. Okay, and a lot of times, uh, you know, you you can kind of bring some of your note taking from the text and commentaries over into that. Yeah, but I. Uh, but so essentially, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I just load the toolbox with everything I can, mm-hmm. and then on Thursday, I would actually like write a sermon. Right, right. And for me, it was usually about a three thousand word document, five mm-hmm. pages, single spaced. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, it's crazy. Let's face it; you're basically writing a research paper a week. Yeah, you know, as a right. pastor. Now in the pulpit. I would only use that manuscript to like read if I'm gonna if I'm gonna quote a text yeah. or if I'm gonna quote a quote from somebody or and and then I'll also use it for the outline. Yes. But I would never read from my yeah. manuscript. So and, another podcast, yeah. how, to, how to use notes, the delivery of yeah. sermons, right? So one of the things that I did is I I would I would write out my general manuscript and and I I do that because I want I want specific words I want words that I can remember I've got to use here. But people ask me all the time, when are you finished with your sermon? Mm-hmm. Um, never. Yeah. Literally, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not promoting this. I'm just saying this is Andy. I would go to the church on Saturday morning, and I would rewrite the notes. Mm-hmm. Did I mm-hmm. say Saturday morning? I meant Sunday morning. Sunday morning, morning. yeah. Sunday yeah. morning. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go on Sunday morning, and I would rewrite my notes because I want that back in my brain again. And I want the fire. That's me. Right. I want the right. fire from everything that happened that week to stir yeah. me up again that morning. Yeah. And then I'm ready to go. Yeah. For me, that's Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. Uh, everyone's gone to bed on Saturday night. Yeah. And then that's when I read through the whole manuscript, and yes. then I mark my manuscript on Saturday night. Right. So, I, like, I use – if you're using paper, mark, I use an iPad, and I, I use it on Goodreader, you know, and you can use your finger or a pencil on your on your iPad. And, you know, I highlight, and, and I have different colors. You know, if I'm going to use slides yeah. and that's going on the screen, that's a color. If I'm th- – in this color is – something I want to emphasize and not forget. Um, yeah, there's lots of ways you can do that. And for a lot of guys, just taking that outline to the pulpit yeah. and, and, and and maybe a few little sentences under each one that kind of jogs your memory, I don't yeah. want to miss this important part of this point, is where a lot of guys will yeah. probably fall. So, yeah, we, we've jumped around a little bit yeah. on some things, how yeah. to use notes, all that stuff. But I just want to – we want to encourage pastors – 
Um, don't feel like you have to do everything mm-hmm. on one day. Right. Try to start. We know things get in the way. The earlier you can start, the better. The the more you can take this as bite-sized things and, and, and boy, preaching through books of the Bible. I know we harp mm-hmm. on that a lot, but yeah. it's really true. Yeah. Todd, I think this has been very helpful. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, there'll be a lot more to come. And um, we're excited. I'm excited in talking to bivocational pastors particularly. Yeah about their use of their time in preparing for yeah. sermons from week to week. So thanks for uh, thanks for helping us with this. Right, good stuff. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.